Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name may or may not be Todd Hicksonbaugh. And we have a great episode for you today. A.K.A. the Todd Father. And today... I had to get it in. Guys, he's trying to rush me because he doesn't want me to keep saying it. It drives him nuts. And today is episode 100. 100! So excited. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm really excited. So, hey. Wait, wait, wait. You're just kidding that you're excited? No, I I am excited. Uh, Hold on. (laughs) That was wrong. Cut. I'm just kidding. We're not cutting. Um, Super excited for this episode. Uh, Why? Well, because we have a very special guest coming on. And his name is the last name of my co-host. Because it's his dad. Um, so this is Dwight Mason. Dwight is the pastor I grew up under um, at the church called New he, Point Community Church. He's also church. the pastor I grew up under. Well, you know, he's also literally. Yeah, he, uh, he also used to buy you underwear and socks. So there's that too. Um, so Dwight is the pastor at New Point Community Church, where he serves and great leader um, in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. So uh, he pastors at this church called uh, New Point. It's in Dover, Ohio. Is the is is um the, where, where the church where is, one of the campuses is, is that where the original location is it's at? where the original location is at so hey we are so excited because this is kind of cool being able to interview um dwight but one of the things that we were really excited about is dwight is super passionate guy who just oozes leadership and passion and in a desire a, really a desire to to see people um come to know christ at a deeper level um, but not only that, his leadership mentality and his all of his stuff bleeds over into the secular world as well. And so this is not an episode just for people who are Christ followers. This is an episode for everybody to hear because of how relevant the leadership and how relevant the messages he has for us about integrity and character and all of that. Yep. He's been in the game for a long time, over 35 years. And um, as we mentioned, it's multi-site church. We're up to six locations right now in Northeast Ohio. So we're really looking forward to that conversation. However, before we get to that, we do want to remind you that we are going to be in Atlanta for the Catalyst Conference in just a, actually just a couple of days. I'm super pumped to be able to go to Catalyst Conference. That's all I need to say. You about sound that. like it. Also, uh, listen, I because there's nothing else that could be said. I mean, I'm just excited for it. It's going to be a good time, and I always like going to Atlanta because um, I feel like I'm I'm southern when I go down there. Maybe I'm. Th- hey, this time I might go down there and just speak in a southern accent. I don't know yet. It might get crazy. If you see me and I'm talking in a southern accent, just pretend like it's normal. So remember, hit us up. Let us know if you're going to be there. We would love to get together and talk with you. Let us know what you're learning about and so on and so forth. Now, without any further... Well, hold on, hold on. They need to understand some things. They need to understand some things. Okay. In this episode, Caleb and I made a creative decision based upon the fact that, you know, Caleb knows his dad really well. So I actually run the interview, so you don't hear Caleb talk much. He's actually still sitting in the room. He's right there, and he interjects a couple times. You hear times. me talk. He interjects a couple times, um, but we did that. I help give. You give some. You give context. Yes. You give context. You bring up some things um, so that we can understand things a little bit better from Dwight's point of view. But 
that he's still there. You know, I didn't kill him or kick him out or anything like that. So it's fine. Um, by the way, um, hello, we forgot to do our resource of the week. That's a good point. We didn't. It's because I'm just so excited do with the our news resource of, of the, day. the week, you weirdo. But You're I have one. this, and actually, I think this is a conjoined this resource is... of the week. We're we're doing it special because it's episode 100. It's episode 100, um, and I think. So, what is our resource of the week? My resource of the week is, and I and, I, and whatever, it's it's irresistible. Andy Stanley's book. Um, you need to check this out. It yes. came out a couple weeks ago. Um, go, yes. go get it. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's changing the game for a lot of people. Um, this is a book about uh, just asking the question, what does love require of me as it pertains it to the so Bible? It is so powerful. Re- also, yeah. Andy, if you want to come on the podcast. Is this the first time that Caleb Mason shouted somebody out on the podcast and asked them to come on? Yes. You can. I, we're having a big moment it's right It's episode here. 100. Lots of big things happening today. Got a Learner's Corner recommended resource that we almost forgot about. Listen, this is, uh, this is uncut conference. and We're talking with my dad today, and we're reaching out to Andy Stanley. So, Andy, let us know if you're going to be here or however, whatever means necessary. Andy, we know you're going to be there because you always open and close this bad boy, but let's be real. We need to talk to you. So before this gets this episode gets any crazier, let's join my let's join the conversation with my dad, Dwight Mason. Well, Dwight, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to be able to have you on the Learner's Corner today. Thank you, Todd. I'm honored. By the way, guys, Caleb's sitting I'm here, here too. too. Um <laughs> So this is a special podcast. Uh, Dwight Mason's on. He's the pastor here at uh, New Point Community Church. And he also has another distinction, um, which is being Caleb's dad. I know. So there you go. Um, That's awesome. But uh, Dwight, we're so glad to have you here. And uh, we just wanted to sit down and talk with you just for a little bit of context. Um, So obviously, Caleb has attended New Point um, his whole life. Because right. he was obligated. <laughs> right. Um, I attended New Point all through from, you know, fourth grade on um, all the way up till I was 20 years old, uh, even as an intern. And so, you know, we've both been around New Point for, for a long time. And, and so um, we just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that journey, about some of the things that you've learned along the way. And so I guess the first place I wanted to start was can, tell us a little bit uh, of the story of how you came to New Point. And mm-hmm. just the journey up to this point. Just kind of give us the, the quick, what that looks like. Sure. Well, um, I'm a preacher's kid. And so uh, my father was a pastor. And um, uh, I went to uh, Ohio Christian University. And I was there. And I, I was dating a girl who had had a baby um, in high school. And she came. And it was a small little Christian school. It was known as Circleville Bible College at the time. and um, uh, you know, of course, when it came out that she was there and she had had a baby, it ran through the school and, and it was a very conservative school. And um, I just thought, I'm going to ask her out because I don't think that that's right, you know, the way in which people were thinking and, and viewing. And so I did. And um, we um, started um, to date. And, um, you know, I said to myself, hey, you know what? Um, uh, we need to talk about. Um, something that happened 
when she was in high school, which she got pregnant and had a baby. And so I, I told God, I said, if uh, she doesn't bring it up, I'll bring it up, but I sure hope she brings it up. And so <laughs> um, uh, one, one uh, night uh, she said, hey, I need to tell you something about me. And she said, um, I um, uh, made a poor choice. I was in a relationship. I got involved with a guy, ended up getting pregnant, had a baby. My family felt that it was best that we gave it up, give it up for adoption. We gave it up for adoption to a Christian couple, and um, you need to know that. And I told her, I said, um, I knew that before I went out with you. And she couldn't believe it. And so she asked me, she said, um, do you um, still care for me? And whatever kind of love we had, whether it was puppy love or, or big dog love, I'm not for sure, okay? <laughs> um, uh, she said, do you still love me? And I said, absolutely. I said, I knew it before we even went out. Uh, but our relationship changed. And I think that she was never able to fully process the fact that there was other dynamics, but fully process the fact of, of what had happened and, and, and things. And so um, um, she ended up stepping out on me. And I got my heart broke, ripped. and. Um, I told God, I said, I, I can't believe that this would happen to me. I know the worst about her, decided to accept her and love her, and she played with my love. And God said, that's the picture of my relationship with you. Mm. Wow. And for the first time in my life, I understood what it meant to grieve the heart of God mm. and that we have um, the ability to, to grieve God and to quench his spirit. And I told God, I said, if I have that power, I never want to do it again. Mm. And of course I have. Yeah, right. But my whole attitude towards sin and my relationship with God changed. And um, I told God, though, I said, I don't want to be religious. Um, I'm not, I don't want to be a performer. I don't want to be a churchman. And I said, if I can't, if I can't um, live where your word says I can, which is free, okay, from guilt, from shame, um, I don't want this. And he said, hey, if you will seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. And so I did. 18 months later, I'm pastoring a church in Sugar Creek, Ohio. <laughs> and I, I shared with the, the, the gang here, I said, my only desire is to help you lead your family and friends to Christ and, and that they can experience the joy and the freedom um, that it means to, to have an intimate relationship with him. Mm. And so for the last 33 years, that's been my goal. My goal is not to build a big church. Um, 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 you know, my, my goal is to lead people to realize and reach their full potential in Jesus Christ. And that's what I've been trying to do for the last 33 years. I want them to have what I have. I don't think most Christians think that way. Mm. I, I, we say the hardest people to win to Christ is our family. That's an indictment. They should be the easiest ones because they should see our life. We should be vulnerable. We should be transparent. Um, they should see something dynamic. You know, they said of Peter and James, they were unschooled, but they took note that they were with Jesus. Our families ought to see that. And I'm really big. I don't know if you want to go there, but I'm, I'm really big on us doing the work on ourselves. And, and allowing Christ to transform us from the inside out. Otherwise, because the reason why I say that our families should be the easiest ones to win to Christ, Jesus says you are the salt 
of the earth. And if you lose your saltiness, what good are you? Salt doesn't do any good unless it's close to something. It's got to be on something to have an impact. And, and so it's not that we live perfect lives. It's, it's, you know, we say, well, I'm not perfect and my family expects me to be perfect. No, they don't. They expect you to be humble and vulnerable and broken. And, and if you're willing to say, I'm sorry, if you're willing to say, I got it wrong, if you're willing to say, hey, you know what? Um, I mean, I've told Caleb this, you know, I'm not a perfect father, never be a perfect father. Hopefully I can point you to a perfect father. And that's the one in heaven. And my, my goal with Caleb and all of his siblings, they're going to leave and have left our house with luggage. I just want it to be three pieces of luggage and not 18 pieces of luggage <laughs> because we're all broken and I'm a broken man. I'm a broken husband. I'm a broken father. But um, so that's, you know, that's been my, you know, my, my, I, I tell um, uh, staff and people all the time, the danger in ministry is you fall in love with the masses mm. and you have to fall in love with people. And I see people falling in love with the masses. They'd rather have a mic and a platform than a mop and a bucket. Mm. And I think, I think that that's a big, big issue in today's church world. I wanted to go back to something you said a little while ago. Um, you talked about how you're really big into doing work on ourselves um, rather than trying to maybe, uh, and maybe, I think this is the other side that you, you didn't say, but you meant was, um, instead of trying to work on everybody else, right. I want to work on. I right. want to work on us. Right. What is? How has that played out in your life up to this point of? Uh, and maybe some decisions you had to make, or maybe early on, or yeah. even along the way that you had to make to 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 do that in your own life. Well, I mean, how's it played out? I'm talking to you, and I'm in my right mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Because yeah. because ministry can make you go crazy. I mean, I mean, there's people dropping like flies mm -hmm. in ministry today. I mean. There's not hundreds, there's thousands of people who leave ministry every single day. And, and, and so what, what happens is, to me, you have to train yourself. You have to train yourself. Never in Scripture does it say try to be a Christian. It doesn't say try to be godly. It says train yourself to be godly. And so this morning, there, you know, I went to the gym spiritually. And um, there's things I read every single morning been doing it for years because um, everything in life, you know, Romans 12 tells us, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. Mm. And, and, and so it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can, that's why, you know, going to church won't change you. I grew up in church. I've seen people go to church all their life and remain the same. You know, what changes you is, is, is renewing your mind, changing your thinking. And so to me, when I say work on your in, inward man or your inward person, it's changing the way in which you, you think. And so for me, you know, I, I have certain practices that I do every morning, and I go through that because life's not fair, people's not always fair, and you're leading people. And, and you know, someone has said, I think it was Orgberg the first time I heard it, but he said that leadership is disappointing people. Um, at a rate in which they can handle it. Well, if you're disappointing people at a rate in which they can handle it, they're not happy with you. Right. Okay. And so if you're looking for applause and approval and affirmation from people, you're gonna you're gonna be a mess. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I, I think that that 
you know, it's it's a daily work. You know, I like to say I'm an onion, not a banana. I don't get peeled once. I'm an onion. I got multiple layers. And I've been, you know, trying to train myself for 35 years, and we still haven't gotten sure done with me yet, you know, because there's one layer after another layer after another layer after another layer. So I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but, um, you know, I, I, I just think that that's, I, I think, I think that's very, Hawk, I think he's out of Harvard. Um, he made the statement that 50% of your time should be spent on yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that 20% of your time should be spent with those above you and 25% with those uh, uh, horizontally, your peers, and 5% below. Mm. And when I first heard that, I thought, come on, you're crazy. You're crazy. But the hardest person for Dwight to lead is Dwight. The hardest person for Dwight to deal with is Dwight. And, and the best gift that I can give New Point, the best gift I can give Caleb, um, the best gift I can give uh, Patty, my wife, and, and Caleb's siblings, the best gift I can give New Point is a healthy Dwight. And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of time. I'm a big project. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the, the truths and the affirmation statements yeah. that you like, and it's true. He reads them every single morning, and we'll uh, link to those in the show notes so you can take a look at it. And that really helps a lot with what you were talking about of being okay with disappointing right. people and moving through. Can you just give you know, maybe like two or three of what those statements might be? Well, you, you know, one is, is, is I, I mean, I, I, you know, one, one phrase is that I renounce all selfish goals and I choose the ultimate goal, and that is to love people. And so I'm, I'm declaring, I declared this morning, I, I renounce any selfish goals that I have in my life. And that I want to, I want to obey the greatest commandment, and that is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and to love my neighbor as myself. You know, I also declare that that Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth, and that I'm submitting to Him and I'm resisting the devil, and 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 all that he has to throw. So I'm I'm just I'm just declaring verbally, and I read it out loud because. Um, uh, Satan can't read my mind. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but he can't read my mind. I remember mind. the first time you said that. I was a teenager, and it yeah. freaked me out. Yeah. It, uh, he, can't read, he can't read your mind. He's not God. He's a created being. And, and so um, uh, I have to say things out loud, and so I say it out loud. And so it's, you know, that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he is the risen Savior and, and that he lived and he died and he, and he rose again. Uh, and that I'm going to take every thought captive today, and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. So statements like that. Mm-hmm. How do you get to a spot? And you talk about discipline and how and how you know, this is this is not a finished product; it's a work in progress. How do you how do you say those statements? And and they're not just statements that you say, but they're they're truths that you live out and believe. Like, how do you get to a spot where you? Well, I, I mean, it's like it's like anything else. It it takes time. You, you know that, that's why prayer. I mean, I mean, we think that prayer changes us, and and you know, I, I mean, I don't want to get into some big theological debate, but we we think that we're going to say a prayer and everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's not. You know, uh, uh, because the 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 most powerful thing that we have is our mind, and and prayer is is really 
saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to, to do this? And, and I think that we're in an instant society, okay? We're in an instant society. Would you zap me and so I can be, <laughs> right. I, I, I can be transformed into this new creation? And, and again, you know, it, um, Paul tells Timothy, I, I love what it says. I think it's uh, first, thin, first Timothy 4, 7, and I love it in the, the Living Bible. It says, take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. It takes time and it's, it, it's, it's trouble. It's not convenient. And, and, and so what happens is, um, um, you know, I, I think it's just, it's, you know, I want to be, I, I, I want to be spiritual right now. I'm not going to be spiritual right now. There's, there's a positional fact that I'm righteous and I'm holy, okay, because I like to say it like this, that God treated Dwight as though he was Jesus, so he could treat Dwight as though he was Jesus, or he could treat Dwight as though he was Jesus. Did I say that right? I don't know. Let me say it again. You said it backwards. Yeah, let I think me say you said it, it backwards. Okay. Well, well um, God treated Jesus as though he was Dwight, so he could treat Dwight as though he was Jesus. And so how does he see Jesus? Well, he said, this is my son in whom I am uh, love and I am well pleased. And, and so positionally, I'm there. Practically, I got to live that out. Mm. Okay, I, I, I got to live that out. Like, like I might declare myself to be a golfer. I'm a golfer, okay? Um, I've got the clubs. I've got the shoes. I've got the, the, the balls. I've got the, the tees. I've got all of that. So positionally, I'm a golfer. But now I've got to go and practically live that out. Right. And so that means I have to go to the hitting range. I got to go to the putting course. <laughs> I got now. I got. A, I got all the equipment that I need. Mm-hmm. Now I just have to do that. Well, when I accept Christ, I get all the equipment. I get God in me, and I have His Word, and I have His Spirit, and I've got the truth. Now, so positionally, I'm there. I just now have to, in a practical way, begin to live that out. Sure, sure. So we talked about some some decisions that you've made on a, on a personal level. I wanted to get into a little bit about some decisions that maybe you had to, to lead people to make, um, kind of as you were going from Sugar Creek Free Methodist um, and, and turning into what it is today, which is New Point. Mm-hmm. What were some, maybe, maybe one or two key decisions and maybe even mindset shifts that had to happen to begin to be able to lead effectively into and make a, a major, pretty major transition huge in the trans- life of the church? Yeah, it was huge. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, it's the old saying. I don't know who who first said it, but um, I think, I mean, maybe Maxwell, but um, um, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. Mm. And, and, and so when I, when I first came here, um, uh, the church was 75 people. We were in a small room. Uh, The sound system had two car speakers. (laughs) Okay. So I knew the church wasn't ready for what, I was ready for it, so I went and got a loan and bought a sound system. Hmm. And 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 so I think over it, it was accumulation of things up to that point that they saw that I I was committed. Okay, when we moved, it was a fifteen million dollar project. We moved from Sugar Creek to um, uh, Dover. Um, we went through a a a uh, stewardship campaign, spiritual campaign. About giving ten years campaign. ago now. Yeah, um, and um, I told the people the first year that we're in the building, I won't take a salary. 
and and you didn't just tell and you didn't just say this to staff. You, I mean, no, I remember I, did, I remember yeah. this very specifically. Yeah, you yeah. actually said this I, on I, a Sunday morning. I said it to a sun, I said it from to the stage Sunday morning. Yeah, and you know, some people struggle with that, but but um, um, people are always wondering about the leader. Are you calling me to something that you are unwilling to do yourself? And and so there's always a chance of being misunderstood. But I think it's Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 29, David told the people, hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm asking you to give to the temple. And so, you know, I, I, I shared with them, I said, um, hey, uh, this is what we're going to do. And I believe in this this much. And so I, I think that people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. And I think that they have to see that. And when they see that you're willing to do that and you have a a uh, uh, um, some consistency and credibility, then I think people jump on board. But not everybody jumped on board. We lost three hundred people. I remember, you know, and and we lost uh, uh, nine out of ten board members mm. um, when we made the move. And you know, people say why? I think a lot of it was fear, because we're we're living in a small town. We're 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 building an auditorium that will hold somewhere between twelve to fourteen hundred. Uh, we're in a farm, 200 acres, $15 million. You know, I don't want to be a part of something that's going to fail. And and so, you know, they they did not want to make the trip with us. But I, I think that's how you do it. The leader always has to go first. And if there's any question of of his or her uh, commitment or, or, or um, um, commitment or, or, or motives, it's just not there. I, I like to say this. People are looking for three things when they invest in somebody, okay? Clarity, character, and competency. Clarity, do you know where you're going? Character, are you doing it for the right reason? And competency, can you pull it off? Sure. And so, you know, I, I share with business guys, um, you know, if you're looking for a ministry, there's a lot of people out there who got big heart. They don't have the competency, though. Okay, or there's a lot of people out there who have a big heart. They don't have clarity, or there's some people out there that you know what they just don't have the character. Sad to say, and they're in ministry, and and, and so what happens is you you've got to be able to evaluate things. I mean, Scripture constantly says, you know, comes back to the fact that we need to evaluate, and and sure. uh, so you know I think. I, I think those three those three things lined up for them. We had clarity. I'd been here long enough, and 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 they watched me long enough that I had character. We we had gone from you know about seventy five to about twelve hundred people, so I think they thought well to some degree he's got competency. Sure. So let's let's try it. What was it like um, the first time that that it came on the table? Because New Point is a is a church that has several campuses attached to it as well. What was it like the first time that that maybe came into your mind where you go, well, what would this look like to go beyond the walls of, of Dover, Ohio? Mm-hmm. What, talk to us about that decision. Because that was a big decision. Yeah. Um, tell, tell the story, because we've talked about this mm-hmm. a lot. Tell the couple of stories that led to thinking, hey, I think we might be able to go to multiple locations. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, one is is when we moved from Sugar Creek to Dover, we went from about twelve hundred to about thirty four hundred in about thirty months, and so people 
we were we're close to um, I seventy seven. We're about three miles off of I seventy seven now, and so people people were driving um, um, an hour over an hour. Yeah, over an hour. They were coming from everywhere. Yeah, they were coming from everywhere. Yeah. And and a, a guy, you know, a guy, um, um, and I think this is a story that you're talking about. But a guy came up to me and he said, "Would you ever think about going to Canton?" And I grew up in Canton, and I I, I used to mow our yard. Matter of fact, I still mow it most of the time. Um, but um, uh, I used to mow our yard and thought, God is, how could I get to Canton? But I never felt released from Sugar Creek. And that's why I think that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But we're a microwave society. Mm. We want it now. And, and God, God had a plan to take us to Canton. It just wasn't in the season I wanted or thought. And so, you know, this guy said, and, and I thought, wow, I don't know. And, and so I, I had been meeting with some business guys, is what you're talking about? And, and um, you know, these are guys who got reconnected with the church or got saved. And, and um, um, uh, the one guy kept asking me, you know, why am I so blessed? Hmm. And, you know, I, I'm thinking, oh, my. You know, and and so one day he asked me, and I just said, "You want that filtered or unfiltered?" <laughs> and he said, "Give it to me unfiltered." And and I said, "Well, you're blessed to be a blessing." And I said, "Don't die with a million dollars in your bank account," because I said it takes no faith to leave God money. I don't know why people want to leave God money. We ought to leave broke on earth. It takes faith to give God money now. Okay, mm-hmm. and I just left it at that. Well. You know, as they say, be careful because your words will come back to hunt. <laughs> okay. So, so he, he talks to me and uh, we go out to breakfast and we're sitting at Bob Evans and he sits across the table from me and he said, you have more influence than what you realize and you need to be more intentional with it and you need to leverage it. Well, I wasn't looking for that because I, I you know, again, I wasn't looking to build a big church or. Are we ever looking for that though? What, like when, when somebody, when when somebody in general, when when somebody tells you something like that, and that's that's a big statement. That's a huge to, statement to say. Yeah. Are we ever looking for that though? What do you mean looking for what? Are are we ever thinking in in, in those terms because those things come at, come at us, and then what do you do with that? Well, I, I mean, I think we're. I, I, I think most people, and there's nothing wrong with this. I think most people want more influence. I, I think, I think that, that the problem is, is we want influence without success. And, and, and I think that you got to have success before you can get some influence. And it, and it comes back to those three things you were talking about: right. character, clarity, yeah. Yeah. And competency. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I think what happens is, I think you focus on that, and you let God decide. How big, how wide, how deep, how the your right. your your whatever goes. But so he came, he told me that, and I ran home to my wife and I told her, I said, I want to resign from the church <laughs> because <laughs> because what w- what happens is, and and I and I didn't understand this. I, I understand it better now. Um. Uh, you know the the more success you have, the more responsibility that you have. And, and, and if I told you everything that I'm tempted with and the battles that I fight on an everyday basis, you'd want to lock me up because you would say you're an emotional basket case. And that's why I went back and said that you have to train yourself because to me, I mean, um, 
um, just Google people's names in ministry, and yeah. you you see people falling yep. right and left. And and what happens is, I believe that 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 when when whatever your the ministry grows or, or whatever, you don't become a target; you become a bullseye. Mm. And Satan will do everything in his power to to knock you out of the saddle. And 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 so I knew that I I already knew you know man if I do this, um um the the spiritual war factor will climb to a whole nother level. And you'd seen your dad do this yeah. for years. Yeah. And I didn't know if I wanted that. I didn't know if I wanted to fight. You know. Sure. Um, um that. So I went home, told my wife, and 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 I said I want to resign. And of course, you know, she talked me down off the ledge. <laughs> and and um. Patty's awesome. Yeah, and and so you know, I, I I told God, I said, I said, um, um, okay, if this is true, and I knew I had some influence, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not that uh, naive, but I I um I I didn't know what, and so I told God, I said, okay, if this is true, then then let me know, let me know. And uh, he told me, which was very freeing, um, our son, Ben, youngest one, he was in Little League. Um, and, and one of the things that he would do that would drive me crazy is that he would keep the bat on his shoulder, strike one, strike two, strike three. And I told him, I said, the name of the game is to swing the bat. I said, you don't have to hit the ball. You just got to swing the bat. I said, so you can't let the, the bat rest on your shoulders. Well, God told me, he said, Dwight, he said, he said, um, all I'm asking you to do is swing the bat. I'm not asking you to hit the ball. I said, I can do that. And, and so what happened in the next 90 days, um, um, God showed me, um, Caleb and I, um, he was in high school and it was on a Friday and, and we went to see a movie and we stopped at Chipotle and, um, we were, we were, you know how that is. I'm sure you've been there once or twice, Todd. I only go there a lot, <laughs> and now that they have the app where you can order, it's, it is that is detriment to my yeah. life. So I, I come to pay our bill, and there's a guy there with earrings and a tattoo, and and he says, "Hi, Dwight," and I said, "Hi," and he said, "Hey," he says, "I enjoy your talks," and I said, "Really?" and I said, "You go to New Point," and this was in camp, mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah," he says, "He says um, I've been driving down for." Um, uh, Three months. I said, really? Which yeah. is about 35, 40-minute yeah. drive. Yeah, 35, 40-minute drive. And I said, well, that's cool. I said, I'd love to get together with your cup of coffee sometime. And we ended up doing that. Um, um, and then I go over, and you know where you get your drinks at? Starbucks. Yeah, well, no, no, no uh, the, th- that's where you get your. Yeah, that's, where, talk, that's where you that's get where yours. Get, that's where I get mine. <laughs> okay, but I'm talking about at Chipotle. You know, they have the drinks on on. on yeah, at the, okay. at the fountain. Okay. At the fountain. I'm okay. tracking. Come on, come, listen, on, come back, Todd. Listen, I'm just about Starbucks. That's all I care about. And so uh, I go over there, and I, I'm getting our drinks, and a woman comes up to me, and and she's probably about 40 years old, and she says, she says, "Hi, Dwight." She says, "You got it right." Men are microwaves and women are crockpots. And I was in a marriage series and we were talking about sex. I remember when you said that. And, and <laughs> I remember that series. That's so funny. And, and I, I, um, I, I, I said, I said, you go to New Point. She said, yes. She said, I've been driving down for about two years. Wow. And I said, you're, you're kidding me. I said, no. I said, wow. So Caleb and I went out to the car because we were going to a movie. And I said, what was that about? And Caleb just said, dad, that was God. Hmm. And it just hit me. 
And then um, I don't know if it was within a week or two weeks, um, I was at um, Sam's Club and I was walking around Sam's Club and, and um, um, a woman comes up to me and uh, she gets up in my face and she says, are you from New Point? And I thought, oh, dear Jesus, you got to be kidding me. And I said, yeah. And she said, I thought you were. She said, we were just there last week. She said, my husband was in Columbus. And and I had heard about you. She said, I, I'm a school teacher in the Perry School District. And we heard about... Which is a school district in the Canton area. Canton area, yeah, right. And and she said, I heard about New Point. And um, I uh, told the girls... Let's go check it out. She said, I grew up in church. My husband grew up in church. It was both a conservative church. We didn't have any use for church anymore. And um, so, so um, we came. And, and after we came, we said, we got to get dad here. And um, I uh, said, well, I'd love to meet him sometime. And so I don't know when it was. Two or three weeks later, I saw her and I went up and I assumed it was her husband. And I shook his hand. I said, hi, my name is Dwight. And he said, the day I can't trust you is the day I'm out of here. Mm. And I said, well, I said, I value trust. I'm not perfect. New Point's not perfect, but we want to be trustworthy. And, and I said, if you see anything, smell anything that doesn't go, you know, good, let me know. And um, he said, okay. So we're good friends now. Then one other quick story, a guy who, uh, one of the best leaders I've ever been around, um, we were at breakfast, and and <clears throat> you know he he he's 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 helped me grow so much, but he's not complimentary as much. Mm. You know, I mean, he's ready to, <laughs> to to you know say, hey, you know what, you, you knucklehead, or you know, you did this, right. you did that, and and it was during this time, and he looked right across the table, and he said, Dwight, um, I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars to spend a day with me, and he said, I want to learn how to be a better husband, a better. Uh, a father and a better man, and I believe you can help. Hmm. And I never said nothing to him. Didn't take his fifteen hundred, but I walked out of there, and God said, "You have more influence than what you realize, and you need to be intentional and leverage it." And so I thought, okay, God, I'll swing the bat, and and um, it'll be up to you whether I hit the ball or not. Yeah. And and that what happens is Jesus said, "I will build my church." That takes a whole lot of, of, of unnecessary pressure. There is pressure because you, you right. want to be competent. You want to be, but it, it's, it's, it takes away the unhealthy pressure. And so I think that leads perfectly into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, I've said this before, you know, I grew up at New Point and kind of watched it. You know, I went whenever it was Sugar Creek Free Methodist in, in the old building back in Sugar Creek. You've always, you, the board, the people who are in charge here have, from what I've seen, always had this attitude. And you have a statement that you say about, I'll let you say it later, but um, you've always been bold. And you've always wanted to, to be bold enough to where it's a faith matter. It's, it's no longer, uh, can, we, can we succeed with this based on what we can do? It's always been a faith matter for right. you. Right. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And, and how do we as leaders, how do we as people, by the way, in the church, outside of the church, how do we live life that way? Because I think that you as a leader have done that at a high level. And I think the people who are on the board and the people who've been around you have also kind of bought into that and done that. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it goes back to, to what I said. I mean, at the very beginning, I think it starts with the inner work. Mm -hmm. 
um, um, because what, what happens is, is we all want to feel significant. We all want to feel important. We all want to feel valuable. So how do we get that apart from God? We perform. Mm. But what's the fear that lingers in our mind? Failure. Todd, I'm not afraid of failure. And that's what differentiates me from most people. How did you get to that spot? Well, training. Training of, of, of realizing that, a training, realizing that, that, hey, if I'm obeying God and we fail, that's okay. Mm. If, if I'm not obeying God and we succeed, that's not good. That's not good. And so what happens is you have to you have to you have to be able to separate yourself uh, from you the person to you of what you're doing right and those are two different things so I, I'm I'm never the smartest guy in the room not even today okay I'm never the smartest guy in the room okay um, but you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room okay what you have to do is you have to lead with courage. And what happens is there's people who are much smarter, much more gifted, much more talented than what I am. They're afraid to make a mistake. They're afraid to look foolish. They're afraid to look dumb. They're afraid to fail. Mm. And so I'm kind of like pin the tail on the donkey. I'm the donkey. And you, you can, you, that was Dwight's idea. That, that, was, that was Dwight's thought. And, and so to me, what, what happens is, is if somebody's willing to take the fall, there's always other people who's willing to follow in line. Mm. And, and, and so I, I think that that's faith. And faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he has promised to do. And, and, and you know, people ask me, so how, how do you develop your faith? Okay? How do you develop your faith? Um, two, two, the two biggest ways, I believe, that, that God has given us is giving money. Mm. Money, 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 money. Jesus spoke more about money than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, 4% of Christians tithe. No wonder we don't have faith. No wonder we're scared about the political world. No wonder we're, we're nervous and we're frightened and we, we shudder and, 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 and. Y2K was a great example uh, of that. Absolutely. You know why? Because we don't trust God with our money. And I tell the staff here at New Point, I said, some of you worry more about New Point than I do because you've never trusted God with your money. Mm. And money is your God. Jesus even said, you're either going to serve God or money. And, and, and so what happens is my wife and I, we're, we're in the middle of it right now. Um, about every year, we always look to give. And, and it's usually a ridiculous thing. We, we don't, you know, this is not for everybody. Okay, so. It's just how I, I mean, we could live a much different lifestyle if we wouldn't give so much away. Mm. And, and, and yet what happens is I wouldn't trade my life for anyone, no one, because there, there's nothing like having the confidence that you can call on God. God says, seek my kingdom and his righteousness, and he will what? He's going to add everything else. Right. So that's, that's pretty much a, a, a worry-free life. So I think one is money, okay? One is money. I wish I prayed more. I wish I read the Bible more. Okay, I wish I did all of those things more. But to me, giving because it's 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 such a integral part of all of our lives. Okay, and then I think the other one is time. Time. I, God created a Sabbath, mm. and and I think you know 
you know, and I think God basically said, hey, you know what, you can work six days, but I want you to take a day off, and I'm going to show you and the world that I can do more through you in six days than I can in seven days. And so, what's the, you know, you talk to people, what do you wish you had more of, Todd? Time. You'd probably say time and, and money. money. Yep. Right. And so what happens is we're, we're, we're reluctant in those areas. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, if you can trust God, learn to trust God with those two things, then your faith soars. I mean, it, to me, it just soars because those are the two things that we, we uh, have a concern about, we worry about. So what happens is w- when we talk about building faith, okay, you, you know, um, uh, and, and again, I mean, trust my heart on this, but we'll say, you got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. You got to have a prayer life. Right. Okay. But you know what? You, dude, you're not even tithing. Right. You're, 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 not even, you're, you're not even giving God time or tithing. And so you wonder why your faith is so small. Right. You know, so small. Because what happens is, and by the way, that's the thing that amazed Jesus. And the King James says he marveled at his faith. Mm. And he wasn't even a Jew. He was a Gentile. He was a soldier. But he understood authority. You're talking about the centurion. Yeah, centurion. Yeah. yeah. He understood authority. And, and he said, you don't even have to come to my house. He said, you can just say the word and it'll be yeah. done. And so when you understand, and, 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 and how do we know that, that, that God is in control of money? Because when we have financial problems, what do we do? We pray. We pray. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What, 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 what do we do when we're sick? Pray. God, extend my life. I yep. don't want to die of cancer. I don't want to. So what Give hap- me more time. Give me more time. Right. So we eventually go to him. Right. Why not go to him up front and use it as a, um, as a building thing? So I, I think those are the, there's other things. Of course, reading the Bible is important. Right. Okay. Of course, uh, praying is important. And I've heard you say before um, in, in different messages, this is a long time ago, but I've heard you say things like, you know, of course it would be great if we could all sit around and pray and read our Bible. Yeah. But that's not reality, and we live in reality. Right. Yeah. So how do you manage, how do you lead in that tension? Like pe- people listening are, are probably going, yeah, that's great of you to, to say, you know, do I, we want to live in a culture of where, where we're okay with failure as long as we're failing, doing the things that God called us to do. But Dwight. You're the boss. Like you're the guy running the show. Right. How do you manage and lead in that in in that environment? How do you lead people who aren't the boss, who aren't in charge, who they do have to report to people and they do have to have results? Mm-hmm. Um, how do how do you how do you lead in that tension and how do you do that well? I don't know if I do it well, but um, um, I I think that you 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 want to create a, you know a, a a thing of of where people can fail. But they're failing doing the right thing. That's that's the biggie. Okay, to me in the organization, are you failing because you're following our vision and our strategy, and our values, mm-hmm. or did you fail because you went rogue? Sure. Okay. To me, two different things. Okay. If 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 you're failing in the process of 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 wanting to live out live out the um, uh, the values and the vision and the strategy of an organization. We all do that. You're going to do that because none of us ever get it right. But I think, I think sometimes where we struggle is we go rogue and, and we fail. And then somebody, well, I thought we could fail around here. <laughs> well, you know, to me, yeah, you, you fail in doing, doing the right thing and buying in. And, and I think that it's not, 
it's not a disaster. I think that, you know, um, it's okay. I mean, I, th- I think it's okay to fail. I think that we're imperfect human beings, and it's probably not going to kill you whatever you just failed at, Sure, you know? And so, you know, I think you, you, you say it, and, and, and you, you repeat it over and over and over again, um, but people still struggle with it because, you know, pe- people, people will say something like this, well, I don't think we can fail here. No, you don't think you can fail here. And what you're doing is you're projecting your, your, your internal feeling of, if I failed here, I'm going to look like I'm stupid. I'm going to look like I'm, and, and the fact of the matter is you have room to fail. But what, what happens, this is, again, this is why I'm big on, on, on doing that inner work, because what happens is we blame, okay, and we complain, and, and, and really it comes out of our own insecurities and, and instead of taking ownership. Mm. That makes me think of, man, and you have told me this so many times, and I think it's one of the biggest things that I've learned from you from just watching you and then you telling me so many times is that nobody can ruin your life except for you. Right. You talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Nobody can ruin your life except for you. And, and, and if I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't believe in God. And, and one of the things that I say is, is that your view of God is the most important thing about you. Mm. And, and, you know, here we have Joseph, and, 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 of course, we have Scripture. You know, Joseph said, you meant it for evil but God has meant it for good. And, and so if we're willing to cooperate with God, you can hurt me, you can frustrate me, yeah. you can even delay me, but you can't ruin my life. And you're talking about Joseph in, in, in the Old Testament, in Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and his and, brother, his brothers tried to, they, they sold him off and the whole thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, uh, another quick story. Um, um, I had just gotten married, and I pastored here four and a half years being single. And then uh, married Patty, and um, um, we were going to uh, two services. And I had done the research, and uh, I'll throw a name out there, Winarn. If, if you're over 50, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, he had done a, a whole study on going to two services in Elmer Towns, okay? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look at this. There's <laughs> some dinosaurs out We're there. We're throwing it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I had done my homework, and I brought it to the board, okay? And uh, they voted it down. And, and they said, they said um, uh, we're not going to two services. And I was hot. I was angry, mad. You know, I, I was probably about 30 years old, and I went home to my new bride, and I told my bride, I said, uh, pack your bags, we're leaving. I said, these people don't want to um, um, win people to Christ, and I don't have time for this nonsense. Hmm. And uh, God, uh, I call it my Jacob experience, because when Jacob wrestled with God, his identity changed. He went from being a deceiver yeah. To, to being Israel. Yeah. And, and um, um, I told God, I, I said, you know, I'm out of here. And, and here's what God said. And, and it still moves me uh, to this day. Um, he said, this isn't your church. These aren't your people. This isn't your staff. Mm. This is my church. These are my people. And this is my staff. 
and I've asked you to um to work in my vineyard. And and uh he, he brought me back to the story of the Israelites um um in the wilderness and and him telling them that that the promised land was theirs. And and yet, you know, they they complained and, and wandered for forty <laughs> years. And and a whole generation had to um uh, be eliminated, and there were two. Twelve spies, two came back with a positive. Ten came back with a negative. Okay, Todd, I'll I'll, I'll give you a a free, uh, uh, meal at Chipotle, for fifty two weeks. Okay, once a week, if you can name the ten spies who were negative. I can't. Okay, didn't think you could. I've never met a person who could. Who was the two positive ones? Caleb, yep, and Joshua, and Joshua. Absolutely. Everybody could say those two. Everybody could say those two, and and, and it, uh, he told me that Caleb had a different spirit. Mm. It says it in scripture that Caleb had a different spirit, and he said, "I'm asking you to have a different spirit, and nobody can ruin your life except for you." And 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 so ever since then, um, I've never referred to New Point being my church. Mm. I say the church that I pastor. And, and of course, Caleb's our firstborn, and he's named Caleb. And that's the reason why he's named Caleb, because um, God said, I'm asking you to, Dwight, to be of a different spirit. And here's for anybody out there who's leading a church right now, or even leading an organization, here's what I believe. I don't believe you can lead a church or an organization until you're able to leave. Hmm. If you can't leave where you're leading right now, then you're not leading. You're manipulating and you're controlling because you view it as your baby instead of a stewardship. And, and so you ask about leading with boldness. I could leave New Point tomorrow. Most people don't believe me. It's not my church. It's, it's something that I've been given to steward. Now, would I cry? Yeah, I'd cry. Would I grieve? Absolutely, I'd grieve. Um, um, but I could leave it. If God would say, hey, pick up, I'm not New Point. I don't tell people I'm the pastor of New Point. They ask me what I do, and I say, you know, I'm a pastor. Because that goes back to that inner work. Right. Okay? You know, if, if my life is built on something that can be taken away from me, then I'm going to be an insecure person. Mm-hmm. If, if my life is built on something that can never be taken away from me, then, then I'm going to be fairly solid. And so, you know, I, I think that I just don't believe people can ruin my life. And I, I, as Caleb said, I say that to my kids over and over, because we live in a default generation. We live in a blame generation. Well, the reason why I'm this way is because my mom and dad. The reason why I'm this way because of whatever. You know, they may have hurt you. They, they, they may have uh, 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 not been, quote, unquote, as intentional as what they should have been. Um, we're all that way. But we have Christ, mm. and and He restores all things. And if I'm right. willing to do the work, okay, I'm, and I'm everybody said, "What are you talking about work?" I thought you were grace based. I am grace, but grace puts me in a position <laughs> to be able to do the work, to do the training, to be able to renew my mind, 
and um, then that's that's huge. A lot of people think that you know when you go to the Romans twelve passage, they think that you know renew your mind, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Well, it means that I'm going to make a decision to accept Jesus, and then He's going to zap me. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. You talk about this all the time, and I wanted just to, to talk with you about it a little bit. You talk about consistency. Mm-hmm. You talk about consistency at home. You talk about consistency in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. How does that translate in in into the home? I'm thinking about leaders. A lot of leaders are listening to this, and they're and and when they think of consistency, they think of of their job and all those things. What I hear you talk about when you talk about consistency is almost more of it matters more at home. It matters more in in our personal relationships. Can you talk to us about consistency and what that looks like? Well, I, I, absolutely. I mean, what's the number one requirement to be a leader in the church? Anybody Your home know? has to be in order. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can't lead at home, you can't lead anyplace else. But that's never on a resume. Okay. Right. That's never on a resume. And, 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 and I think the greatest interview that we could do is say, let me live with you for, uh, for a week or let me talk to your kids. Because, because w- what happens is at, at home, at home, you have to live out of relationships. You have to, mm. you have to, you have to live out of relationships because your kids could care less what position or what title or, or who the world thinks you are. You know, yeah. think of the most famous person in your mind right now. If they're a father or a mother, their kids could care less. They're just yeah. mom and dad to them. And, and so to me, the consistency, and, and, and again, it's, it's, not, it's not being perfect. Kids, your, your family already know that you're not perfect. They just want you to be honest and vulnerable. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I acted too quick. I shouldn't have said that. Would you forgive me? That's 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 the consistency I'm talking about. I'm not talking about consistency of never doing anything wrong. Right. I get it wrong a lot. Um, 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 so to me, it's it's consistency is okay. Uh, hopefully, Caleb would say, "I know how Dad's going to respond. This is not good. This is not whatever. But I know how he's going to respond." He's not going to blow up. He's not going to yell and scream. He's not, you know what I mean? We're going to probably sit down. We're going to have a talk. You know, there might be some discipline in it, but he's going to affirm me and he's going to love me. And I'm not going to live in quote unquote fear or on eggshells. And so that's the consistency that I'm talking about. Not, I think sometimes when we think consistency or even character, we're thinking of somebody who's flawless. <laughs> to me, the biggest part of character is being able to say, I'm wrong. Mm. I'm sorry. You know, because we're, we're just not, I mean, we're just flawed. And most people think of it the exactly what you're saying. Most people think of it the other way. Yeah. Having good character means I don't ever do things wrong. Right. Um, or I try to shoot for the mark as close as I can yeah. get it. Yeah. You're, you're just saying, actually, no, it means that whenever I don't hit the mark, I'm going to say I didn't hit the mark, and I'm going to apologize. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, let's go back to Jesus, okay? Uh, uh, um, uh, th- that's why it's not performance, okay? I mean, when 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 Jesus when Jesus uh, uh, came on the scene, you know, the Ten Commandments are the bottom run, okay? You know, Jesus said, "You've heard it say, thou shalt not commit adultery," and he says. If you look upon a woman in yeah. lust, you've committed adultery. Okay, anybody here committed adultery? Yeah, yeah. I have. <laughs> I have. You know, in that way, I have. So, so what, what happens is 
it, it changes my whole idea. Yeah. You know, he says, you've heard it say, thou shalt not murder. But I tell you, if you hate your brother. You've committed murder in your heart. You, you've committed murder in your heart. And, and so, and, and, then, and then I, you know, the, uh, it says um, um, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm. So even when I think I'm getting it right. Yeah. See, you know, God's holiness and, and, and my actions are not three miles apart. Worlds apart. It's worlds apart. Mm. Worlds apart. I didn't just miss the mark. I missed the mark, okay? And, yeah. and, and so I know, I, I, I know that I'm capable of doing anything. And I like to tell people, it's only by God's grace that you don't know what I've thought this week. Mm-hmm. And, and because I have battles, I have issues between my ears all the time. And, 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 and so I know I'm capable of doing anything. Put me in the right place at the right time. I'm, I'm vulnerable. And, and so, you know, I'll tell you a quick story on this, okay, that, that God really, you know, just took me to the woodshed on. I, I, was, I was, um, uh, had a friend who was involved with another woman, and she was married. And, and I told him, I said, this is not right. This is not good. I said, you can't be doing this. And I was trying to help him, you know, uh, come to Christ and all this. And, and um, he came to me one day, and he told me, he says, Dwight, she's pregnant. And honestly, I wanted to jump on him with both feet on his chest and say, you idiot, you knucklehead, you don't listen, you don't whatever, 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 whatever. And, and as clear as I'm speaking to you two today, God said, the way of the transgressor is hard. And difficult, and he doesn't need your judgment, Dwight. He needs your love, and 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 uh, your your kindness. Because I remember when Caleb was born, I was telling everybody, I was excited. Right. I was Jack. There was joy in my heart. There was joy in my spirit. There was no joy in his heart. There was no joy in his spirit. It was not a good thing. It was not a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and so he was experiencing that. So anything that I would say like that would be piling on. And what he needed was a friend who would say, hey, you know what? I just want you to know I love you, and I'm willing to walk with you. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think there's a lot of people maybe listening that are going, Dwight, you know, you talk about consistency. I've already jacked it all up. Mm-hmm. Like, my family, you know, I've experienced brokenness, and there's some stuff at home. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be qualified to lead ever again mm-hmm. because I've jacked this up so bad. Right. What would you say talking to that person? Read the Bible. <laughs> uh, um, you got Abraham's a liar, Moses a murderer, you know, um, David's an adulteress. Yep. You know, w- what happens is, is it only takes one thing, and that's humility. I, I, it doesn't really matter how you have failed, where you have failed, how many times you have failed. You know, the question is, do you and I have the humility to admit it and come before a loving, gracious God who cares more about you? You know, I like to say there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you more or there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you less. And, and humility, you know, I, I, again, um, quick story, you know, guy came to Christ and, and he came to me and he said, 
Dwight, he said, he said, my, my, my son who is 25 and my daughter who's 23 won't talk to me. And he cheated on their mother and ended up getting a divorce and all of that. And, and, and he said, you know, how on earth am I ever going to be able to restore that relationship? And I told him, I said, well, I believe it can happen. And he looked at me like, you know, this is some preacher You're right. talking to, you know, talking to me and giving me some preacher story and, and blowing smoke. And, and I told him that I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm telling you, honestly, he said, you really think that can happen? I said, yeah, on one condition. He said, what that, he said, what's that? I said that you humble yourself before your son and your daughter. And I said, so you need to take him out individually and, and you, you need to tell them that you are sorry for what you did, not only to their mother, but to them and that you take full ownership and responsibility for that. And, and that you're asking for their forgiveness and that you have asked God to forgive you and that you're not, you're not asking them to start up a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You're just saying, hey, I need to come and ask you this. And, and I said, if you will do that, you will be amazed because Peter tells us that God opposes the proud, yep. but he gives grace to the humble. And, and um, I ended up talking to him about six months later, and he said, guess what? I said, what? He said, I had lunch with my son. And he would go on to tell me, that today he has a a a good relationship with his son and daughter, but it all went back to humbling himself, and that's hard. That's that's hard for us. For you know, we're just mm-hmm. full of pride, and but humility is the key. It, it's always the key in every relationship. It's all you. If you're struggling in any relationship, it's it's take and leaders take the first step. Okay. Yeah. So that, by, by the way, I'll throw this in, okay, because I know we probably have to wrap this up. Spiritual leadership is taking responsibility for the health and the development of your relationships. Mm. So if you're not taking responsibility for the health and the development of your relationships, you might be a preacher, but you're not a spiritual leader. Yeah. You might be a pastor, but you're not a spiritual leader. You might be on staff, but you're not a spiritual leader. And so spiritual, because love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Christianity equals relationships. Guess what leadership does? It equals relationships. Yeah. And, and so that's why I have to be able to relate to Dwight fairly well and ultimately God. And if I'm relating to God well and Dwight fairly well, then that gives me sure. a, a, the ability to relate to other people. And that's really what leadership is, is ultimately all about. Sure. Well, hey, we're going to start wrapping up. We have a couple questions that we always like to ask, and Caleb gets to finally ask. By the way, it's kind of weird, isn't it, guys? Like, I've been asking all the questions. Caleb's over here just chilling and listening. <laughs> so, Dad, what's, what's one thing that's helping you right now, either personally or professionally? Well, uh, I mean, um, um, you know, w- one is, I don't know if this is what you're asking for, if you're looking for something tactical or or it's whatever you concrete, want. you know, to me, it's just a time of solitude mm-hmm. of just being able to be alone. Um, uh, because there's a lot of, there, I mean, at new point, we have a lot of challenges and we got a lot of moving parts. We've got six campuses now and, and, um, there's, you know, I don't know, 70 plus, uh, employees and, um, 
you know, just being able to come back and say, okay, God, you're in charge. I'm not in charge. And I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to find out what happened. And I'm going to do my best to try to lead in that. And so for me, you know, I had a, had a, a, a very uh, uh, powerful leader that, that, that I know. Um, and I asked him, I said, because I always like to ask guys, give me a nugget. And, so does Caleb. That's where he gets it from. Okay. And, and so, you know, he told me, he said, Dwight, he said, you need a minimum of 30 minutes of solitude. And he said, I wrecked my marriage and I wrecked my leadership because emotionally I was not strong enough to handle the challenges that were outside of me in my leadership. And, and, and so, you know, I, I would just say for me right now, it's just that, that time of, of, of solitude. Mm-hmm. Is it just a morning thing you get yeah. up and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm just going to go? Yeah. Yeah. You're in a lucky spot now. You don't have a bunch of rugrats running around this guy. Right. Right. Benny's at college. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, huh? Yeah, they're all yeah. It, yeah. Wait, what advice would you give to someone who's eager to learn? There's just a person who's eager to learn and, and what, what advice would you would you give them to do with that? Well, okay. I, I I'm I'm coming back. I I I would say the biggest thing, you know, I, I don't know if it was Maxwell or somebody, but he says, Do you have the character yeah. to sustain the talent that you have? Okay. I mean, um, um, and I, I would come back and I would say, you know, I, I'll, I'll put a plug, um, um, the book that has changed my life the most apart from the scriptures is Victory Over Darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and I would challenge, and we all have wounds. I grew up thinking I was dumb. I stuttered. And, and so, you know, I know what it's like to have somebody come to a classroom, knock on the door and say, hey, Dwight. Come here, and they'd take me to another room. Um, and and I, I think it's, you know, our biggest challenges are the battles that we fight from within. Mm. And, and so I think that, that if, if I'm talking to a, a young leader today, I, 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 know, I know that you want to conquer the world, and I know you want to do X, Y, and Z, but um, um, the, the first person that you need to really lead well is yourself. And so what's, you know, um, I'm, I'm, we're in a series called We uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. So I'm asking them three questions. So, so who are the people who have influenced you for good or bad? Because you got both of them in your life. What events have happened in, in your life that has made you um, uh, sad or happy? And then what, what major ideas? Uh, in your life uh, that has led you to positive outcomes or negative outcomes. And I, I just think it's, it's, it's huge to ask those questions because my past is impacting. Mm. It's, it's, it's impact me. David, okay. D- David um, 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 had issues. David had a very, very dysfunctional family, yes. by the way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is read about it. But but here here's here's what happened, okay? When Samuel came to to uh, 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 to Jesse, and he said, "Hey, heads up! I want you to have all your boys there." Yeah. Did he have all his boys? Nope. No. David was over the other side watching sheep, little rug rat. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, um, who's interested in him? Right. 
We don't respect him. The run of the litter. Run of the litter. We don't expect him. So, so Jesse, surely you're not going to want anything to do with him. So nine chances out of ten, uh, David grew up with that. And, and so you, you, you come to the Psalms, or yeah, Psalms 27, and, 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 and he, 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 he says, Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not reject or betray me, O God. And then he finishes up that little part. I think it's verse 10. He says, Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will never, ever forsake me. What's he saying? I had issues with mom and dad. I felt that they had forsaken me. They, they got angry with me. They betrayed me. They yeah. whatever. And, and, and so we all have those issues. You know what I mean? Because we've all lived in broken families. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing to be able to get over the hurdle, to really be the leader, the man, the woman, the person that God wants you to. Because it, 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 it gives you a sense of who you are and who you're not. Sure. You could have everybody learn one thing. It could be something as frivolous as how to make stromboli like your wife makes the most amazing stromboli I've ever had in my life. It is. Or it could be something highly <clears throat> philosophical. What would that one thing be? If, 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 if um, uh, that I could get people to learn? One thing. There's nothing you can do to cause God to love you more, and there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you less. It's transformational. Yeah. Most of us think that we need to love God more. Okay, we can argue that. But really the need is we need to understand how much God really, really, yeah. really, really loves us. To me, and I, I, and I say it over and over again, it's part of my things. I affirm, God, you're nuts about me. You love me. Todd and Caleb may not, but you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you love me. You love me because what happens is Jesus got rejected every day. And if mm -hmm. you're a leader, if you're trying to do anything, you're getting rejected, you're all, the getting time. rejected all the time. Yeah. And, and, and to me, Jesus was accepted. Mm. He, he was accepted. And, and, and you know, it, it may sound trivial, but it's powerful because here's what Dwight Mason craves. Dwight Mason craves to be loved. Mm. I want to be loved. And, and there's times in my leadership I have not led well. You know why? Because I didn't feel loved. Mm. And so it made me vulnerable to people's words and the people's things. And so I couldn't do what was best and what was right yeah. because I wanted their love and their acceptance more than I wanted to do what was right and what was best. You say that all the time, and, and yet for a lot of folks, I know the, you know whenever I was in high school and you would say that, it does sound trivial. It sounds like a trivial statement, like, well, of well, duh. Yeah. Like, if you've been in the church or around the church any amount of time, like, you know that. Right. But it, we've made it into a trivial thing, and, and really, when we understand that, we understand everything. Absolutely. We understand all of it. Why is it that it's become so trivialized? Well, I, I mean, be, because I, I think that, that, I mean, love makes you vulnerable. Mm. You can't really love somebody unless you know them. And so I, I, have to be, I have to be vulnerable. Uh, um, um, and it's scary because if I'm vulnerable and if I tell you my fears and my, my, my uh, shortcomings and my, my I like I tell people this, this is honest, this is absolutely 100% true, okay? Um, I have no secrets. 
None. Now, Caleb doesn't know all my life, okay? He knows a large part of it. But um, um, there's a few people who know everything about me that's ever happened to me, good and bad. I can't carry that weight. Mm. Can't carry that weight. You know, Jesus said, confess your sins one to another so that you might be healed. I like to say that we're as sick as our secrets. And, and, and so to me, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, there's not anything that has happened to me or that I've done. Not but, saying that everybody needs to know. No, 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 no. But no, there no, are, no. there are some people that I have yeah. to unload that onto. I, absolutely. Not everybody's trustworthy. Right. So not know, everybody's worthy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you, but you have to find somebody that you can level and say, this is me. And I got a guy who, I got two guys who I dump on all the time. I go and I go, <laughs> and I just say, here's, here's, here's my, here's, here's, here's the sin that's, that once that's, that's setting at my door right now. And you guys need to pray for me. I'm struggling in this area or, or, you know, here's, here's my, you know, here's, here's a person that you need to pray for because I don't have positive feelings towards them. Right. And, and so, I can't keep that inside. To me, that's poison. Mm. So you got to have somebody, not everybody, but somebody. And, 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 and so you've got to develop that trust because, as you said, not everybody's worthy and not everybody's trusting that you can do that. So the final question is, yeah. what are you learning right now? What, what, am I, what am I learning right now? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm learning right now, and, and this is something that I'm constantly learning, okay? That, that basically, um, I just need to do what I believe is the right thing. And quit trying to figure out everybody's motive around the table and everybody's heart around the table. Because you can't. Mm. Paralyzes you as a leader. It, it just paralyzes you as a leader. And and again, I like to be liked. I want to be accepted. I want to I want to please people. That's my dysfunction. Okay, and I'm just coming back to the fact of of saying, hey, you know what? You 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 just you you need to be able to to just say, okay, God, you know my heart. You know my thoughts. You know I want to do what is right. You know you know that that I love you. And and this is what we're gonna do. And unless you you know, let me know. Otherwise, this is what we're going to do. And I'm, I'm just coming back to that again. And I, th- I think, I, I think I'm more courageous today than I've ever been. And I, you know, and I would challenge you guys, you know, um, um, I haven't always been courageous. I've had moments when I've courageous, but I think I'm more consistently courageous now than what I've ever been. And and you can have all the influence in the world, but if you're not courageous to do the right thing, what good is it? And so, you know, I, I think it's that right there of just, you know, and some of that comes with age and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, hey, if, uh, if people want to find out more about you, if they want to find out more about New Point, mm-hmm. where can they do that? Um, th- they, can, they can go to um, uh, newpoint.org. It's with an E. Okay. On the end, it's very important. Yeah, and then um, also, you know, I I do a little talk um, once a month. It's called theleadersedge.org, and and um, you could go there. Awesome. Well, hey, Dwight, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Uh, well, thanks. I'm proud of both of you. So you guys are doing a good thing. So Todd, 
Do you see where I get all of my greatness from now? I see where um, Dwight had to discipline you a lot because you <laughs> suck. And how he's instilled things in you. I definitely, I definitely see that. So, um, wow, like where to, where to start? So, so one of the things I think that immediately comes out for me is character, um, personal development on a, not just from a professional standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, um, and, and drill in on that a little bit, but a couple other things that I think stood out to me were, um, this, this idea of, um, leading from a spot where, uh, we're failure. We want to fail in favor of the mission and vision. Um, so if our failure is done in the vein of, you know, we, Hey, we were, we were really working towards the mission and vision. It, the idea just didn't work. That's one thing. But you know, if we fail because we went off the rails and went rogue, that's a whole other thing. Um, so diving into the first thing that, that I brought up, which is character development, spiritual development. Um, how powerful is is some of the things he was talking about in there about about um, spending time to cultivate the inner person? Um, I, I can't even... And I've heard Dwight, by the way, say these things a lot. But sitting here, and, and really it's kind of like the impact of it hit, where it's like, you know, we really are basically made up of what we put in in terms of our relationship with God um, and in terms of, of our relationship with other people. And so how important is that to be able to start ourselves out during the day um, with, with speaking, you know, with him, you know, talking about how he speaks truths um, and statements that he, that he knows to be true and that he wants to, to have said out loud. That's powerful in itself. Um, but some of the other things where, you know, we want to make sure that uh, we have people around us who can who are willing to listen to our junk to get that stuff out. I mean, that's all part of of um, character building. And then everything else that he talked about, he kept circling back around to it. I mean, all the leadership stuff, everything. You know, he's talking about consistently how it is so so important for us to to be able to be leaders that are are, are like the other thing um, that he mentioned with. Um, leading in, in a culture like that where, where we're looking at failure through that lens um, man like for me and I think for not just for me but for everybody failure is such a scary thing and I think oftentimes the reason that, that we don't do things and where we don't have the success is because fear paralyzes us to the point where you know we don't we don't even fully comprehend and understand the mission and vision and we just don't want to be the one that gets called out in a meeting and when that happens, you know, when we feel that way, wow, like, so it just brought it for me, like when I'm leading the teams that I'm in charge of, how can I continue to create an environment and an atmosphere where, you know, when we fail, we want to fail towards the mission and towards the vision. Um, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, and I could just attest, what you see is what you get with my dad. like. The same way that he is on this podcast is how he is whenever no one's even. It's how when, he is whenever I go over to your house for dinner. Yeah. Like when I, whenever I would go over yep. to your parents' house for dinner. And just so much. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm just. You should watch the dude watch a sports game. 
That's for real. I, so much of who I am is just shaped and influenced by him. Yep. And um, I know I say it, but I don't say it enough. I appreciate him, and I love him so much. Yeah. So that was a phenomenal episode. Um, if you want to catch some more, uh, Dwight's written a book, um, Only God, but he's also, go check out the, the website. Yep, newpoint.org and the Leader's Edge, Leader's Edge. as well. Also, for it being launch week, or not launch week, but episode, well, I guess it is launch week. It's kind week of launch week. I mean, of this episode is 100, 100 We are going full Ghostbusters on you. Ghostbusters? Yes. Ghostbusters! And we have uh, several episodes for you to just celebrate this milestone for us um, today. Uh, as you might have already seen in your podcast feed, that we released another episode looking back on the first 100 episodes of this podcast. Some of the things that we're learning tomorrow, we're going to release an episode where we talk about some of the things that we learned from the Orange Door Conference to where the theme for that is we're better together. And then on Thursday, we're going to talk with um, Scott Belsky, who is the founder of Behance and works at Adobe as well. And talk with him about his new book, The Messy Middle, and some of the just the process and the grind that nobody really talks yeah. about as it concerns yeah. um, as it concerns a business and as it concerns doing really anything. And so, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any of those episodes is by subscribing to this podcast on whatever podcast player you use. Leave us a rating, write a review of the podcast. Let us know what you would like us to continue to cover, things that you would like to learn about as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Learner's Corner podcast. Until next time, my name is Caleb Mason. My name is Todd Hicksonball. And keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.